And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code at DNVR20 when you order your Strava Craft Coffee because they'll hook you up with 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering one last time Strava. Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we've got to have a little bit of fun before having a little bit of a somber remembrance of the career of Dick Allen, a ball player who everyone should know out there. I'm going to talk about him a little bit at the end. We got a little bit of an update for you on where the Colorado Rockies roster currently stands from a depth point of view. We've talked a lot about specific players moving in and out and, and what they have, but figured to go ahead and give you a little bit of an updated look at that depth chart. But before all that, it is time to go head to head. Mono Imano once again, Team Drew versus Team Patrick in the Colorado Rockies all-time home run derby. Backed by popular demand, the people demanded it. In fact, Patrick, we got a, a comment uh, on the on the website, remember, you can still, if you're a subscriber to the DNVR.com, you can go there and comment on the podcast there. And uh, Lori wanted to see a little bit more of this and was hoping that perhaps for the listeners at home, we could do a little more radio guy narration of the play-by-play so no one's lost. That was our one uh, critique there. So <laughs> it's good to know that we can lean into that, right? When someone gives you permission, you just... It's gonna, yeah. We'll 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 do a much better job of that for the uh, listening voices at home. On the, if you're sitting in your car, listening to it on the radio dial, or if you're just sitting around, you know the the old timey radio with the family, just kind of laying down on your belly with your hands on your knees, or not hands on your knees, hand your your chin on your hands, just kind of imagining, oh, what's what's Trevor Story doing there? Oh, he he hit another one deep to left field. Looks like it's gonna go onto the concourse. We'll see what happens, but of course. That first round, Larry Walker against Todd Helton, both our, excuse me, Andres Galarraga. No, it was Larry Walker. No, wait, wait, wait. No, we had, wait, who we do? Because we, we've got Walker, a couple of these now, but Todd only Helton. one on me. Oh, it was, no, it was uh, Walker Arenado. Arenado walked oh, off right. on me. Yeah, you're, we're wearing each other's guys' shirts today. That's why we're confused. <laughs> Pretty much. We have actually our, our guys' shirts from, from last time. My Larry Walker got walked off on by your Nolan Arenado. Right. Look, we should have been worn, wearing these shirts last week, but uh, extra time. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I believe it was eight seven with extra time. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Walker went and hit two more in that expanded time to go to 10. Nolan, Mr. Clutch, ended up hitting four in the extra time 
to win that uh, first round battle, 11 to 10. And today we've no. got a couple panhandlers. We've got the kid from Irving, Texas, Trevor Story, as well as the boy from Stillwater, Oklahoma, Matt Holiday. It's the panhandle. Yeah, yeah. this should be <laughs> the, the panhandle off, the panhandle off. If you say it all quickly enough, I think. Uh, yeah, two of the beefiest boys, if I dare say so myself, in Rockies history. Two of the, the strongest right-handed bats in the history of the Rockies. Uh, Trevor Story digging in first here up already as we begin. First swing and a drive out towards center field, right center. We've seen right-handers struggle with that area, but he gets it over the Breitage barrier. Oh, my gosh. On his first swing. Not bad. Yeah, first hack and going the uh, opposite way to right center here. He's going to pull this one straight away left field for 448. He's got two swings, two home runs, and this third one. And that third one. Get over almost to the concourse for the concourse kid. We do, have Carlos, <laughs> we do have Carlos Estevez still throwing BP. Yes, yeah, swing and a miss there, and he's going to shake it off. Man, the graphics are so lifelike the way he kind of curls yeah. up his shoulders a little bit there. This one's going to be close to left center, but I think, oh, just shy at the wow. warning track. That's probably this the closest we've had one missed line drive down the uh, third base line. That's would have been a, a two-base hit there, but – there's his fourth one gone straight to left with a minute to go sitting on four. This one's going to get out. If it's fair, that'll give him five. But no, that'll hook foul. Ooh, don't get a measurement on that one. I imagine that would have been about 420. Uh, another one, again, line another drive, one. foul territory. Here we go. He's trying to get his swing back a little bit. This one's going to go out to left center. Wow, to the four. He got all of that one. To the back Now the concourse row. kid is cooking. This will go out again, 458. Now he's getting them with these six out with 30 seconds to go. That'll just be a solid double to right center. You don't get anything for that in this, though. He has earned the 30-second bonus, which I believe is what? You just need to hit one over Holy 458. Holy oh, He hit one off his own name on the scoreboard. Are you kidding me? Wow. I've never seen a ball go that far. That one just eked out a 392. He's got eight right now. This last one might go Ooh. over right center field, 452. He's going to have one more swing left. He's going to get this in regulation. Head. That's going to go foul. That's been his bugaboo, man. Those foul oh my balls. Gosh. If my Matty Holiday can can somehow catch Trevor Story, it'll be because of those foul balls. But there's right, a 10 time. bonus time. Woo. One more will tie Arenado for the first round lead. He does have the lead for most in regulation time with the yeah. nine. That one's going to go out at 446 down the left field line. Fouls another one off. Yeah, probably some of the worst swings, some of the worst hits, yet easily the farthest that we've seen. This one's going to left center. I'll get there. Just over the 390 sign in the second row. Wow. 407. Yeah, I've seen Mark McGuire hit a ball that nearly hit the scoreboard up there in Coors Field. That's the only time I've ever seen that. And I've actually not seen that in this game either. So Trevor Story hitting one off the scoreboard. So there. did he finish with 11 or 12 there? Let's see. I think it was 12, but they'll have to show us. Matt Holiday digging in now. That's He's going to have to best the, the best round we've seen so far. He so yeah, it was 12. Doesn't want to get panhandled by the by his fellow panhandler. 
And his first cut is going to be good. 427 left field. Drew, do you know your sections? Right center. Do you know your course field sections? That would really make it specific. Uh, right. Third row of section 152. This one's going to be close. I'll clear left center. I wish I did know the sections in course field that well. That one's deep, 467. Oh, boy. That this one's, one's got high. a chance at the truck. 475. Goodness. All right. He's at three pretty early. This is probably going to be a fourth one. No, that'll fall. Oh, that'll get there. 391. They all count. Yeah, oh, that's a monster shot. Anyone standing in line? Oh, wow. Where's this one going to go? Off of Todd Heltenberger, 493. Oh, my gosh. Those poor people. They just want some sustenance. <laughs> Holiday's heating up here. He's got a minute wow. to go. Right center field, opposite that was a, field, second wow. deck, 450. I've never seen a hitter go opposite field on that one. And now and left of 494. Right to Heltenberger at 494. Oh my gosh. Now he's going to, he is playing pepper with each part of the concourse. And now out to straight center at 466. This is ridiculous. He's got eight. He should easily be able to tie Trevor's story here. Ball carrying very well at Coors Field today. This wow. one goes for 458. So he's tied story. Still has 26 seconds left. Probably good for at least five swings. That one he pounds into the dirt. Much better nice swings play. overall by Holiday, no doubt about that. A couple Hold of miss hits, then a warning track shot. Ooh. That could cost him. Slowing down. He had about a good four, maybe five in a row. This one just yeah. dumps in. That might have been a hit in a game, but it is far from a home run. Looking to go oppo to get his 10th. Over the it. barrier. Man, he's slowing down in regulation, but 30 seconds, and he's only got to hit two to tie, three to win it, out to left center, just he's, over the fence. That could be huge. You know, he's been slowing down, so I think that first home run's a big one. He can probably take a deep breath here a little bit. He's going to lose some time it. on Ooh. this one. It's a pop-up to center, so that one took off a good eight oh. seconds on the clock. Terrible pitch. That's huge. Eight seconds to go. He's If this yeah. stays fair, he'll at least – nope. Last oh swing, gosh, he's got to tie it here. It. He's got to tie it up with this deep to left center. And it'll go on at 448. And we're going to have to have a quick home run off round. Wow, with the momentum, I thought Holiday was going to win it easily. But I think he ran out of gas a little bit there. He did. He had that one pop up to center. I probably lost him about eight seconds. And uh, Mr. Estev is throwing BP. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> it almost like it was a curveball there. And, and Holiday took it. And so that took off another five seconds. And so that was that's half the time right there, virtually. Brutal. Story All definitely right. had the farthest. He had two at over five at five hundred higher. Totally. Five eighteen he hit. Yeah. All right. Now I think they've each got a minute to see what they can do left. Will there be bonus time or no? Oh no, no, because we started with two minutes. Right. One. So just one minute. Do what you can. Trev golfs that one to left. 486 with ease. Goodness gracious. Wow. If he had gone down to, to one knee, it would have been at least 520. <laughs> this one stays fair, and it will, I think. Yep, just barely. But it wow, like it wrapped around that left field pole for 478 feet. Two swings, two homers. This one's a pop-up to center. I don't know if it's going to get out. If it's got enough, Quite. it will not. Eats up some of the clock. Oh, miss hit to right. That could cost him. That's a no-doubter. 20 seconds left. He's hit three. 
Oof. Real easy swing. Got it up nice and high. Let's see how far it is. 418. Oh, wow. It was right down the line there. Another golf shot. He's getting low balls this time. Maybe that's where he wanted. Oh, just over just the got top out. of oh. the wall. Just barely. It had so much carry on it that it, it, it took out the last 10 seconds there. Luckily, yeah, it barely went out. Bounced off of a piece of uh, of rock there and, and bounced rather high in the air. So that's going to mean wow. Holiday's going to need to hit five to tie, six to win. Do I have that correct? That's correct. All right. He's First one to deep left. That's going to get out with ease. That's going to land on maybe on top of the – yeah, bounce off the wow. top of the frozen yogurt stand. That was – that was impressive there. It seems like that ball would have gone a lot farther because, again, when you see how far back it goes as far as, like, how many rows back from the first row in that section in right. left field, however, you go, oh, well, actually, if you hit it, you know, more to left center, hitting it in the same row is a little bit further. So Holiday, right. a couple miss hits, pop oh, up the center field. Morning seconds left. My guy's running out of gas. Running out of gas. Come on, Matty. That's got to get out for him to have a chance. And it does. 20 seconds. He's got to hit three more. I mean, he's really just got to line these out. Doesn't get that one. I don't think there's enough time. I don't think there is going to be either. I think even if he, he it's these next two out. No, this one's another warning track. Left oh, center. No, it's not going to be enough. Let's see if he can hit one deep here. He's going to go over the Breidich barrier, but it's unfortunately not going to be enough. 426. So Matt Holiday in over time, extra innings, if you will, loses to Trevor Story five to three after both gentlemen hit nine in regulation, tied for most so far here in our two head-to-head -head matchups. They hit three in, in additional time, tie a 12-12, but Story is able to get it done. He's a little thicker. He's got three C's in thick. It, it came down to, to stamina, man. I think uh, Trevor's just that new age athlete, you know, that ability to run, do all that extra stuff that he can do. We know Holiday can mash. We saw him at one point. Like, he was hitting the ball the other way with a lot more power and authority than Trevor was, right? He hit one the other way at, at almost 500 feet, but ran out of gas. He had the superior athlete on that one. Uh, and you're up on me 2-0. Team Patrick takes a commanding 2 to nothing lead in the first round of our All-Colorado Rockies Home Run Derby. Brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery. Yeah, as you <laughs> brought to me by Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, yeah. At least brought to you. Brought to me by Strivercraft Coffee. But yeah, <laughs> hey, as you said, though, it's, this is about stamina. So, okay, I'm, I'm off to an early lead. But still, I got to put pressure on my hogs. Really, think about it like this. If I can win the next three... Well, if I win the next three, I mean, I've, I've won the whole thing. You've got a you've got a commanding oh, round. You, you you've got the the seeding now. Remember, this is all our round robin. So you oh, you've yeah. got a total command for for once we get into elimination, you could end up having your guy go against your guy for fun for the championship. While I sit there and watch you, just twiddling my thumbs away. That sounds awful. Literally, I mean, you will be because <laughs> if you're if you're setting it all up. <laughs> I know, say right. the winner of this was going to get a, a PS5 courtesy of DNVR Gaming. Is that right? Totally. We agree to that. <laughs> well, and, and I hope, by the way, that anybody thought, hey, isn't Drew like setting all these games up on his own gaming system? Couldn't he like rig it in his favor? <laughs> and not only that, but the game, not me, has both of the guys that, that I've had go up there have higher power rankings. But it's what we had talked about when we did the draft. You went with the more consistent hitters in both instances, and that ended up 
paying off, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, for anyone who doesn't think Drew is is an is an honest person, look at that right there. Look at the results. <laughs> then again, no one ever said that you weren't diabolical. So you know what? If we're the first, I could be playing out, the long game. You're either very yeah. honest or diabolical. So far, it's really, honest. You've got no right. reason to think it's <laughs> any right. other than that. Right. It could go. It could go really deep. Right. All right. Well, speaking of going really deep, it's time for us to go really deep into the Colorado Rockies roster and if you have fun going really deep into playing some games i highly recommend you play a little wgt golf which you can get for free at dnvrgolf.com one of the best reasons to do it is because we have got weekend tournaments and starting this friday uh, december 11th through sunday the 13th we'll be hosting the ball is popping classic at brandon dunes all country clubs can participate and better yet anyone can win that's right all you have to do is join the dnvr4 country club if you haven't played head to brandon dunes golf course enter to win the closest to the whole challenge and submit your screenshot on our pinned twitter thread at dnvr underscore sports or email them to info at the dnvr.com once you're entered to win we will choose a random winner each week and pick out a DNVR shirt of your choice and a mask, and we will ship it to you. That's right. You don't even have to be good at the game. If you are, that's cool, too. It's it's fun getting into it, but it's also fun just playing it, whether you want to dive super into it like we're about to with the Rockies roster right now, or you just want to play uh, for fun and casually, you know, the way national writers tend to write about the Rockies. I read a a five-person panel today about the Colorado Rockies where no one seemed to think about anything from, from the Colorado Rockies perspective. That was interesting. Um, so if you're in to having a little bit of fun, which I would think you would be, get WGT Golf totally for free today at dnvrgolf.com. Enter those tournaments. You might win a free shirt and mask and stuff. It's fun. So, Patrick. We talked a lot about the individuals who've been moved around for the Colorado Rockies, both out of and into the organization over the last couple of weeks. Unfortunately for most Rockies fans, as you know, the uh, the out of has been far more newsworthy than the into category. But there has been some noteworthy additions, at least from a depth standpoint, uh, for the Rockies. Before we get into just the, the depth of the schedule, though, I figured we go ahead and remind everybody about the, the most recent trades, what's gone on here, and who the Rockies have acquired and where they fit into the overall picture. There were two trades last week, the first of which uh, being uh, a deal with the Reds where the Rockies gave up Jeff Hoffman. Pretty much he was out of options, didn't really seem like he was fitting in well with the bullpen. They also gave up their fourth-round pick a Colorado product from uh, Douglas County, Case Williams. And in exchange, they got a depth piece in outfielder Jamison Hanna, who uh, goes from the Reds' 15th best prospect to about the Rockies' 12th best prospect. But the probably possibly the best player in the deal, Robert Stevenson, uh, comes over to help out the Rockies' bullpen. Now, of course, we'll wait to see if, if Jeff Hoffman becomes the best player. But right now, uh, Stevenson right. is is the best player in that deal, um, especially if you go back and look at you know the some of his best seasons uh, in the past with the Reds. And also, his healthy seasons. His healthiest seasons have been the most vital ones, absolutely. And the deal that they uh, were able to struck, I believe it was on Thursday, uh, from the Red Sox, they received Yoan Ibar, uh, and they uh, Rockies ended up giving up twelfth round selection out of UC Irvine. He only played. Uh, short season ball at Grand Junction 
Christian Koss, uh, utility infielder. And uh, those watching live here on uh, our, our live feed on, on Periscope and YouTube, uh, you see that the, the deal for Hoffman and Stevenson essentially matches up really well, according to baseball trade values, of course. Um, right. Matches up almost identically, whereas the deal between Ivar and Koss, not so much, but then again, Christian Koss has a long way to go before he's contributing on a major league level. And so Ibar immediately gets added to the Rockies 40 man. They have still two roster spots left open. So uh, I do actually think that they, we might see them get involved in the rule five draft this year, as there are more prospects available than ever. So maybe you take a shot at those guys and Ibar becomes one of those uh, four left-handed options out of the bullpen, excuse me, five with uh, between Ben Bowden, Philip Deal, uh, Lucas uh, Gilbreth, who uh, was recently added to the 40-man, who has not pitched above high A, uh, and um, Helchris Oliveras, who has not pitched above nineteen uh, short season. Uh, yeah. 20, but yeah. But okay. crazy yeah, again, these yeah. guys don't have a lot of higher-level minor league experience, but that's been the trend. Mm-hmm. Across you know baseball, so they definitely right. need to add another left-handed reliever, and, and we'll kind of break mm-hmm. into that. But that kind of gets us up to date as far as the the players that they acquired and uh, and the players that you know they, they also you know they tendered a contract to Elias Diaz, Carlos Estevez, Jairo Diaz, John Gray. All of those guys are coming back. Ashton Godot was selected off waivers by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Right. Uh, we also saw a couple guys from San Francisco. You had Rico Garcia and Tyler Anderson. They were non-tendered. They're free agents out there. Uh, but the biggest names uh, came on Thursday where, you know, they were guys that, you know, contributed last couple years, you know, or guys with, you know, you like their upside. They may not uh, all be superstars, uh, but you say, oh, these are, these are good ball players, and maybe it comes down to finances. Maybe there's other things going on. But uh, that list includes Chi-Chi, Gonzalez, Tony Walters, and – 2019 All-Star, David Dahl. Who? David Dahl. <laughs> oh, right, from the uh, – yeah. <laughs> exactly right. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think we're not really expecting Ibar to – you know, he's, he, I think the highest he's played is A-plus a ball. Uh, so we're not expecting him to be – a major league factor next year, unless he really pops. Relievers can move a little bit quicker. You know, if you if you recall, Carlos Estevez was a closer less than a year after he had been in high A ball. That's that's still uncommon. Uh, the fact that he's a lefty uh, does increase that a little bit. Uh, I think obviously, you know, Ben Bowden and Philip Deal are also going to be major factors there, and whoever else the Rockies could theoretically go out and find. Uh, so I, I don't think that we're expecting. Johan Ibar to be like a factor immediately where Robert Stevenson, I think we would be surprised if he wasn't on the Rockies opening day, if healthy in, in their opening day bullpen, right? Pretty, pretty comfortably. I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. As a guy that doesn't have any options, he's, he almost certainly he's either on the 40 man or, or he's, he's right. going to be gone. I mean, again, maybe nobody, you know, picks him up uh, and, and you slide him through to Albuquerque if he doesn't get claimed, but you're right. Ibar does have a little bit to show again, could have a really good spring. You know, he is relatively new to the pitching side, which is, is kind of interesting, you know, um, was kind of drafted um, as, you know, an outfielder, but uh, with a, a little bit of a pitching pedigree, didn't really work out for him at the plate. So, 
you know, throws uh, in the mid nineties and uh, control is, is a little bit of an issue. Almost, almost uh, is a similar to a, a left-handed Riley pint in a sense, right. uh, but, but he's left-handed. So that's a huge piece. You know, you have, you could be uh, a much less talented left-hander, whether that's a, a hitter or a pitcher, and you're going to get that many more opportunities to stick around. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if uh, the Rockies will, uh, you know, we'll see him ever have an at bat for Colorado as he is a relief pitcher, as opposed to a starter. Uh, I would tend to think we will never see him have an at bat, but Hey, he saw Adam Bonavino have an at bat. Yeah. We, we more recently saw him as a hitter than almost anybody else. So it, it's certainly not an impossibility. <laughs> Baseball's weird, man. Um, and yeah, all that frustrating stuff today. Uh, was it Rosenthal who reported about? Um, don't plan on the universal DH, but like, still no, like that's so but it's not official. Yeah, that's so bad. I'm, Just, I mean, I am kind of mildly surprised that MLB, you know, did communicate that to their teams. I would have imagined that it 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 was already known, or they could at least operate under the auspices of like, yeah, no. We don't want there to be a DH because now we, being the Rockies and any other team in the NL, has to uh, negotiate against all the other 15 teams in the American League. And so if you only have half the teams now negotiating with players or even having the flexibility to roster a guy at a certain position, that's going to help bring the value of those free aging contracts down, which end up helping everybody. I mean, take a guy like Marcelo Zuna who – um, you know, there have been some hints that oh, maybe the Rockies would be interested in him. And I don't, I don't, I never, I never necessarily believe that. I mean, yeah. Okay. I, I always guess. thought that was weird. I mean, I, I could see him fitting in and, you know, in a different world uh, that would be interesting, but he's, you know, he's at a point now in his career where he's, you know, more inclined to be a designated hitter. So, you know, where again, you got 15 teams saying, yeah, Marcel, you know, we'd love to have you as a DH. We'll give you a three year deal even. Whereas in the NL, they go, ah, I'm not really sure how your defense is going to play. So, all right, well, maybe we'll give you your deal, but yeah. we're not going to pay you a lot because, you know, you're going to get maybe two, three at-bats in a game before we have to take you out for a defensive replacement. So now all of a sudden, again, he's got to go to the AL, got him over a barrel, and he's one of the top ten free agents in the game right now. And yeah, it's so frustrating. Teams could actually, you know, offer him a fair, somewhat fair contract. You Are, also you have the issue with- Are you listening? Because yeah. that's – that's, I mean, that's, that's it. That right there is it. You, and I get it. I'm a purist too. I hate it. I don't, it was up to me. Pitchers would have to hit. We lost that battle some time ago. And that's a remarkable disadvantage. Exactly what Patrick just laid out for you. Every word of it should just be seared in the brain of, of the people who were like, but it's not real baseball. I'm like, Okay, but it's also not real baseball to say half the teams have to play at a roster disadvantage every single offseason because some of the best players in the game, it only makes sense for them to go to one of 15 teams. Like, that's just not uh, – it's so, it's so bad. We, we got to get that fixed. And that, that they've drugged their feet on this. It's super frustrating. But as you said, I, I mean, I think most National League teams have known for a while how this was going to yeah. go. But it's still like, just say it. What do you – what are you doing? Why create this PR nightmare? Like when they first announced like the Rockies, but on a major, (laughs) (laughs) when they they first announced, you know, the fact there was going to be a universal DH and, and how they negotiated it and what it looked like, it was pretty much already hinted at that, you know, again, this is an advantage for the players, which means 
that's a bargaining chip that the owners are are not going to want to give them and say, all right, we're giving you this gift. The owners benefit just as much. The teams benefit. The game benefits with right. a with a with a professional hitter rather than a guy who very clearly was not good at picking up a bat and hitting. That's why he became a pitcher. Guys, yeah. you know, end up becoming yeah. pitchers more likely than not because they can't do the hitting thing. That was that was my story. <laughs> that was the story for just about anybody else that gets on a mound in the majors or the minors. So it's, you know, telling people that 2019, no DH in the NL. 2020, special season. So it's a DH in the NL. 2021, well, 2020 was special, so we're back to no DH in the NL. 2022, hopefully we have it in the CBA, and then we have a DH going forward universally. So crazy going back and forth. And we don't know what's going to happen with the roster sizes. Uh, that was another thing in the Ken Rose Rosenthal article that was kind of hinted at this idea that, okay, at opening day this past year, there were 30, uh, 30 man roster. Then it went down to 28. Well, according to the CBA, is there supposed to be this year or last year, man, we're right in between years. I know. In I know this, this year, last year, next year. Yeah. So in 2020, there was supposed to be 26 man rosters that were going to expand to 28, I believe, in September. Well, they said, actually, you know what? Let's make it 30. Actually, it was going to be 30, 28, then 26, but they just scrapped it and said, no, let's just keep it at 28. So is it going to be 28 again this year? Right. Is it going to be 26? Because, again, the Rockies have two more spots available on their 40-man. So if you've got two more spots on the roster and maybe you know you're not going to contend or maybe you just think, look, we've got an opportunity to bring in you know, a player that – Man, this was a guy we were trying to negotiate and get in, you know, in a deal, and you know, was was going to be a huge trade chip that we would have uh, maybe come to deal with. You know what? We can get this guy for hundred thousand dollars, pluck him away from another team, stash him in the back of our bullpen or in you know, on the back of our end of our bench, and now we've got two really good young players that we've essentially bolstered our farm system. Those guys might not be considered rookies next year, uh, and factor in those prospect rankings. But overall, look at our organization. We got a lot better because we plucked two really quality young players at age 22, 23 from other organizations. And now we're looking a little bit better going forward because we have control over that guy's contracts for another six or seven years. You can't do that if you have a 26 man roster because you can't now have 24 guys with two young players, young inexperienced players taking up two roster spots. Right. It's an impossibility. So what are the rules? We don't know yet. The teams don't know yet. And that's, that's, an, that's absurd. A major disadvantage for constructing a roster, but also being creative with your roster going forward. And also, most importantly, it screws the players. It screws the the, the yeah. team, And it really you know makes it hard for agents to negotiate deals for their guys when there's so much uncertainty. And teams could go, yeah, but... Over here, there's this scenario that also would work out fine for us. So we'll give you half of what you want. Ugh. What other options are there? You can't go to Japan and make the same kind of money. You can't go yeah. to South Korea and make that money. It is, uh, it's a cluster. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. They're in a, they're in a real bad spot and they're going to need to figure it out or they're going to soon get passed up by the world of rugby. I'll tell you that much. Cause they're on the up and coming. I'll tell you uh, right out here in Colorado place to be. I'm getting in Colton Strickler's been getting me excited about this rugby situation. We got out here. You got to check out the DNVR rugby podcast with Colton. 
runs you through all the stuff, whether you need to learn about the sport for the first time or you're an expert, you're going to find there's all kinds of great entertainment and information for you. Man, he is running through some fantastic stuff. He gets great interviews. They really hook him up with the best, uh, the the play-by-play man. Oh, that was fantastic. You've got to make sure to check that one out. And just get into the rugby. I'm telling you what, it's fun. Don't you want to experience a little bit of fun and joy watching some sports again? Well, rugby is about to become the thing here in the state of Colorado because it's the home of the men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams. And that means that it is the future right here. We get to be a part of it. I'm very excited. You should be excited too. Check out all the written content and the DNVR Rugby podcast, man. They're having fun over there. We're having fun over here. Before we move on into our last topic, had a few other questions on that one while the innocent want to know odds of Chi-Chi back in the system. What do you think the odds are? Uh, I think they're higher than Walters or Dahl. I, I think he's one of several pitchers who uh, are in a pool of players who aren't going to cost much, who lots of teams are going to be looking in on. And with the familiarity there, you know, I think the Rockies would probably try to um, upgrade to an extent. You know, uh, Gigi had a rough year, man. He got real blown up a couple of times. And, every, and everybody else is going to know that, too. But both parties like each other. Chi-Chi's not down on the Rockies for letting him go, you know, the way some other people might not say. Be thrilled. Uh, He knows what he did and where he's at and that he would be very happy to be a depth piece for anybody next year. Uh, And so I I could see that working out, but I could also see the Rockies going, you know, like with a Jeff Hoffman or or David Dahl, a change of scenery may be the best for you, Chi-Chi, and somebody else as an attempt to conquer this Coors Field problem may be the best for us. Uh, So I I would actually put this probably at about 50-50. Like I I could see this very easily going either way. Yeah, no, that's a fair assessment. Definitely much better odds of of a a reunion between Chi-Chi and the Rockies than the Rockies and Walters and David Dahl. And again, you, you, you know, when you become a free agent, when you become a free agent, you have a lot of opportunity. You have a lot of, you have options to, to choose where you can go. And again, the better of a player you are, the more options you have. And again, yeah, Chi-Chi had a rough season in, in 2020. So there might not be a lot of suitors, but I think a lot of teams would be interested in, in having him again as a depth piece, as a non-roster invite. And so if you're Chichi, you know, Gonzalez, you're saying, all right, well, look, uh, if I come back to the Rockies, I know I'm going to get, and you know what? They, they gave me an opportunity when nobody else was, you know, just yeah. come back from, from arm surgery and, you know, I hadn't been in the majors for a little bit and they gave me a chance. And, you know, I was able to have some good memories in, in 2019, played on the club in 2020. And Ryan Castellani is the number five starter. No, there's not a lot of depth in that rotation. Shoot, I really yeah. could, you know, I could, I could easily phone call away again, almost easily win a spot in the starting rotation yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. But you go, well, but what is my season going to look like? I'm playing my games at Coors Field. You know, I got a, a, a continuing to improve NL West with the Padres. And the Dodgers, D-backs, you know, the day game against the Dodgers again. Precisely. Get so you go, you know what? Maybe I'm going to take my odds, you know, with another club, even though, if, even though it might mean I'm going to have to spend a month or two or, or uh, not hope for an injury, but just hope for things to get shaken up a little bit in the starting <laughs> right. rotation. And so maybe I don't get as much time with the big club with this other team, 
But when I am there, it's going to you know give me more opportunities the following year if I do get designated for assignment or or more likely non-tendered. Or if I you know when the time comes for him to be a free agent, he could point back and look and say, hey. Look how I pitched down the stretch with the White Sox. Yeah, I didn't get called up until July, whatever it was. But you know what? Maybe I want to go out and win more than I just want to start and play. He's going to have a chance to start and play with Colorado. But maybe he feels, you know what? I want to go somewhere where, where we're going to have a better chance of, of winning. Again, just to, just a guess, taking a stab at it. And I also know, you know, when I do get in the game, I'm not going to have my curveball not moving at all. You know, my pitch is disappointing me getting right. shellacked and maybe getting run out of the league altogether. So you know what? Right. Thanks, but no thanks, Colorado. I still would put it at 50, 50 though. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's always going to be there for pitchers. Like it's always going yeah. to be a thing. We've, we've talked about it all the time. It's, it's why Chris Russo wasn't entirely wrong to say that it's going to be very difficult to ever have sustainable winners out here because pitchers, when given the choice, Tend not to just when all other things are even pick the Colorado Rockies. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting on a personal level. I think we would both very much like the opportunity to talk to Chichi Gonzalez again, just because it's always a treat. Uh, but you never know who they're going to bring in, and that person could just as equally uh, be a treat, or, or you know, be an interesting person to interview or or whatever. But great guy, just a I'm really glad you added that. I'm glad yeah. you added that because we talked about Dahl. We talked about how great Walters was. Chichi was yeah. the same thing. Yeah. where he kind of bridged the gap between Spanish-speaking players, English-speaking players. I, you know, I, I got to talk to him a little bit down in, in spring training when he was a non-roster invite in 2019. And again, doesn't know me, um, but was super nice. And we just kind of BS because he, he came from the same area of, of Florida as a cousin of mine. And so we just talked about that. And as he's, you know, uh, rewebbing up his uh, uh, his glove and, you know, anytime he would have a good game and just was feeling good. He, he would shake the reporter's hands. Thank you. God. The every last person. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. You're like, all right, man, that's different. Good. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. And just yeah. like, he, he knows we're doing here to do a job. And if he doesn't do his job, he, and I think he's even said such a thing of like, yeah, I didn't get it done. So yeah. you have to write that because yeah. I didn't get it done. Cause he, that's what happened. Out there today. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, super, super good dude. Definitely in, in, in the upper percentile of just like, what a good guy. What a good yeah. guy. Yeah, I totally like I and I would put him way up there, like in, in all the time I've been covering the Rockies in, in the top, top percentile of good dudes. Most guys are great dudes or good dudes. If you go out of your way to find out, he went out of mm-hmm. his way Very to, personal. to say hello to you. Very uh, personal. He'd almost be like, a, I'm trying to remember if anything like this did happen. But he'd almost be like, hey, hey, you know, you are right in that hailstorm. Like, were you walking right. in? Oh, yeah. Oh, where do you yeah. park? Oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. I was wondering where you got, like, oh, you care where we park? And like, you know what I mean? Like, he just gets it where he's talking to another human being. And that's just a, a, a great opportunity to have an interaction and get to know someone rather than, look, I'm here to play ball. This is my job. You guys are out right. to get me, all that. And you understand some guys were if they've had that experience. But Chi Chi is just like, no, you're you're in the clubhouse. I'm in the clubhouse, so we are equals. Right. And I just want to yeah. know, hey, how you doing? And good dude, good dude. Yeah. Uh, while we're on Rockies pitching depth, while the innocent wants to know our opinions, what will Peter Lambert look like on return? I went first last time, Patrick. Why don't you take a swing at this one? 
Yeah. So I imagine, you know, Lambert will take the, the, the typical, you know, 16 months for recovery. So we really might not see him, you know, any earlier uh, than July, you know, and then then his innings are going to be, you know, incredibly limited. Um, They, they might even want him to just work on a couple things down in the minors and just get that in-game experience down there rather than, and again, not that vital uh, of a thing to be considering, but, it's something the Rockies, I, I know, do consider, like, like all clubs, gaining another year of control. And so, you know, with right. Peter Lambert, him having pitched in, you know, 2019, does have some service time. He's got um, almost close to two years. So, you know, if if he pitches in the majors, um, you have something like two months. So basically, if they, they keep him on the roster for all of August and September, he would have a chance to go over or get to that two-year mark, and now the Rockies would only be able to have him for four more seasons, whereas if they kind of bury him in the minors, not like they shouldn't, because, again, he's got to work on a couple things. So you can yeah. either work I, on him in the I minors mean, I think it, or work on him in the majors. You yeah. The majors, you lose another year of control. He works in the minors. Now you've got him, you know, when he's at his age 29 season, and possibly, you know, the Peter Lambert everybody hopes that he's going to be. So – I mean, that sort of make that could make your decision for you. You might not even see him at all. He might be pitching in 2020, uh, but his inning, inning, innings are going to be limited. Got to got to keep those innings down. Um, yeah. it might not even be in, in Colorado whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think a lot of circumstances are going to end up determining that. You know, I, I think again, most people expect that the Colorado Rockies aren't going to be competitive, but knowing that nobody is actually capable of predicting the future, should that arise and should they need him. I think that would be the circumstance under which you might consider putting him back in there and probably not into like a starting rotation situation. That would be like you were talking about a player like in August and they've been competitive and they're like, man, we just need one more righty in the bullpen. We've been good this year, but we've taken a couple of hits. Injured Robert Stevenson's been having a great year, but I got hurt again and Lambert's ready to come back. Those are the kinds of circumstances under which it would make sense. Otherwise, you just don't do it. You just, for all the reasons Patrick just said, there's there's no reason for it. So I would suspect we don't see him pitch at the major league level uh, next season and that that's actually best for him and for the Rockies overall. I do think that there's still a, a potential very positive future for him once he does get back out there. Uh, I always loved his aversion to walks in the minors was always very, very intriguing to me. Uh, I think he's got a skill set and a mindset that uh, will translate to Coors Field eventually. I think he has an Antonio Sensatella-like upside from from the you know the ability to have that kind of career trajectory. And I and I think that uh, you know, it's just it's too bad that this kind of cut into a time where he could have been very, very helpful as the Rockies fifth rotation guy as he works through figuring things out. And as Patrick said, you got to let him figure stuff out in the minor leagues and control all that other stuff. So, yeah. And you know what? Even if the Rockies are contending in August, do you want to put that kind of pressure upon him where, hey, man, we're going to we might need a big inning out of you tonight. He's not feeling that great. You don't want to have another Tommy John. So that, yeah, that you know, doing that would be a bad spot. So. Yeah, it's he's uh, he's interesting because you know he's no longer a prospect because you know of course he's uh, surpassed his, his innings limit and, and right. you know with with being on the 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 sixty day IL you know he was get he does get service time so he he's essentially whether or not he's um, you know healthy to play or not he's getting service time so yeah. he's only yeah. not getting the service time if he's healthy 
not on the 60 day and, you know, pitching in the minors. So right. again, we, we don't know what we have with, with Peter Lambert as, as much as you, you might point to those, uh, those lost boys as, as you have before drew, he's still going to be lost for a while. We, we still won't really know. Yeah, I wouldn't count him in that group. Yeah. He's, he's not, he's not a lost boy because he doesn't, he's not going to be a factor next season. He's not going to sure. be a big one. Unless a lot of weird things happen, he's just not going to be a big factor. So, but I would um, I would tend to think that you know even I know when you when you talked about you know these these guys who are no longer prospects, but they're not you know they're they haven't played long enough to be free agents. They're not really vets. They're in between the, in that world. You know we got to wait to see what happens because because the fate of the Rockies are are in their hands in some ways. Um, you know, both for, for 2021, but in 2022, right? I mean, I think we're still sure, going to be talking sure. about Tapia and, and, and several of those other players. And it's like, McMahon, hey, you know what? Yeah. What's yeah, going to yeah. happen with them? And I think Lambert would go into that. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. Even if everything works out for those guys, though, I, I still don't know that that's, a, that's enough for Colorado. And again, we're, we're going to oh, be talking about it all off season. Oh, you're just being <laughs> silly. Look at you being silly again. Uh, no, of course it is. Of course it's enough for the Rockies to compete. But we're not going to know until they actually get out there and start playing right. some games. I'll tell you what, someone who played some games, Patrick, we've got to finish out by honoring somebody uh, who, quite frankly, I, I've got to say, I should know a lot more about. I know some about Dick Allen, uh, but with his passing today and seeing a bunch of stuff on Twitter, I recognize that, like, I would not have guessed seven-time All-Star. I would not have guessed. Got a rookie of the year and an MVP mm-hmm. in the closet. And, in fact, I didn't even know that he had just come one vote shy of being elected into the Hall of Fame by the Veterans Committee. And uh, it kind of reminds me of the situation years ago with – um with the Cubs, right? With uh, with Ron Santo, mm-hmm. and I, I I might be fuzzing up the exact timeline, but in my recollection, he was very close, and then he passed away, and then the next year was finally inducted into the Hall of Fame. And just looking through the numbers, man, just there's no way in a analytically inclined era this guy wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Like he put up some monster seasons did the, the dude was a beast you know one of uh only a very few uh african-american players to, to have played third base kind of you know broke the mold only a handful of other ones of course rockies fans know charlie hayes is one uh and 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 chris nelson as well but there there really haven't been married many it's just one of those weird positions um that that you don't see a lot of black third basemen but you know dick allen was was an absolute beast. And, you know, according to Jaws, is something, it's a statistic that we've looked at before, created by uh, Jay Jaffe to kind of rate and evaluate Hall of Famers. By no means is it perfect, but, you know, uh, there's, there's only 17 third basemen in the Hall of Fame right now. It's the least of any position, uh, even less than catcher. And we talk about how, how difficult it is for, you know, to evaluate catchers because they get so banged up and they don't really – you know, attribute, you know, uh, a lot of accounting stats, right? They're not really able to do that. And yet there are less third basemen than there are any other position. So 17 in the hall, Dick Allen, according to Jaws, is actually the 17th best 
third baseman behind some of those guys you mentioned. And, and of course, Brooks Robinson, you know, didn't play the entirety of his career at third base, eventually did move over to, uh, to first base and dude was, uh, was a bruiser and, you know, 351 home runs in his career. Uh, you know, guy wore glasses on the field, smoked in the, in the dugout when he was with the White Sox, <laughs> you know, a lot of really good photos of him doing that. So yeah, he was, uh, he was almost, uh, surely going to get a spot. Uh, in the Hall of Fame with the Veterans Committee that did get postponed um, because of of everything going on and uh, yeah, really really sad to see that a lot of guys it's, it's not until after their death that they get that opportunity for one reason or another. But but uh, Richie Allen, Dick Allen was uh, was quite a ball player. Did at least get to see his number retired uh, late last year. Number fifteen was retired by the Phillies. So uh, it was nice that he was alive to to experience that. Uh, that go around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. His best season came in 1972, Patrick. He led the league with 37 home runs. Imagine that an era where you could lead the league with 37 home runs and 113 RBI, but he also led the league with 99 walks. Uh, these really, I mean, this, these were like Barry Bonds numbers before Barry Bonds and without the steroids. Cause he hit 308, but he on base 420 and slugged 603. Those numbers led the league, the on base and the slugging for an OPS plus of hold on to your butts 199. That is a remarkable number. That's higher than any single season in Rockies history. Now, we've talked about the Rockies being at a bit of a disadvantage with that number, but those are like. If you get over 200, you're talking about like basically Barry Bonds does that. Mike Trout gets in the 190s semi regularly, uh, but 199, that's that's insane. And this is at a time when offense didn't rule the day uh, the way it really has come to now, when, right. when it was much tougher to put up these kinds of ridiculous numbers. So. The, the guy was a beast. He also several other times, what was it? Like I said, he, he won rookie of the year in 1964. So 72, you know, that's, that's almost a full decade. It's eight years after he'd won rookie of the year that he won MVP had uh, several other fantastic years. Also led the league in home runs in 1974 with 32, just great all around ball player, man. Was yeah no he he was so fantastic that if you go back and and look at his uh, most similar players page or if if you look at the similarity scores and by age like here are the players that he was most similar to starting at age twenty two Pablo Sandoval good player all star David Wright Willie Mays at age twenty five Duke Snyder Hall of Famer at twenty six Matt Kemp Ryan Braun again multi time All Stars Hall of Famer Chipper Jones. Future Hall of Famer Gary Sheffield. Like when you're when you're compared to those players, at least you know statistically, your numbers look like these guys. You go, wow, he's obviously very good and is in the conversation. Um, you know that's that's what's so puzzling. I know you commented on on Twitter. Uh, there was a, a voter in the BBWA who voted for nobody, saying, "Oh, there's nobody, nobody on this ballot," which has never actually happened. That's it's an impossibility. If you go back and look, uh, for example. Look at the first nine years Larry Walker was on the ballot. Well, there was a Hall of Famer on the ballot every year. He did he did, wasn't elected that year. Right, right. He was on Good it. point. Yeah. So if you yeah. go back and look, because I've done this and, and and thought about different types of 
of ways of researching it. But like, so if you go back and look at some of those ballots, there's like 18 guys that are Hall of Famers. Again, they didn't all get in. Maybe only two guys got in, but that's how many Hall of Famers. And so odds are they're right now on this ballot of about 30 names. Half of those guys are actually Hall of Famers or will eventually get in at some point. Maybe it won't be until a Veterans Committee in 30 years from now, which would be very sad to see. Uh, that, again, some of these guys wouldn't be able to have that experience of standing at the Clark Sports Complex in Cooperstown and, and make that speech. And, and unfortunately, Dick Allen uh, is not going to be you know, able to have that experience. Buck O'Neill made a very impassioned speech when they, they, they let in kind of the final group of Negro League stars, and yet he was not amongst them, still not in the Hall of Fame. It's crazy to think. You go, wait a minute. I watched baseball. I watched Ken Burns baseball this offseason uh, with, with Drew and Patrick, and, man, what he just did for the game, talking about the game, was Hall of Fame worthy still yet to be in the hall of fame doesn't mean yeah. he's not a hall of famer you know not in the literal sense he isn't but when he does but, get in and magically all of a sudden we go back and look and say hall of famer hall of famer did x y and z and i think that's you know most likely going to be the case for uh mr richie dick allen yeah i think so uh, Will asking, what would a Rockies player have to do to get that high in LPS plus value? This is something I've tried to figure out on a number of occasions, and it, and it's not so easy. But for comparison, just because you asked, and I had said the thing about Mike Trout, and I was curious, Mike Trout has never put up a 199 LPS plus. In fact, the highest in his career is 198. Okay, one one shorter. 198 he put up in 2018, but that's the only time Mike Trout has put up over a 190 OPS plus in his career, he does have an OPS plus average of 176, which is insane. Uh, for comparison, Larry Walker's best was 178 in his MVP season, 1997, uh, when he hit 366, 452, 720 with 49 home runs. That's a, a 178 OPS plus. Walker's career OPS plus is 141. Dick Allen's 156. I happen to think that OPS plus shorts Rockies, really good ones who play a long time over the course of their career by about 10 to 15 points. But that means that Dick Allen and Larry Walker were roughly equal hitters if I'm adjusting properly for that. And that, that appears to be fair. So you know, and, and even, that- if, even if you're slightly off, again, these guys are in the same class, right? They're in the same class. Great That's ball right. players, you know. Another another interesting element to this too that has to be pointed out, you know, Philadelphia did not uh, integrate until 1957, so ten years after Jackie Robinson was the first black player, John Kennedy in 1957, and just six years later, in 1963, 21 year old Richie Allen, what he went by at the time, yeah. made his debut with the Phillies, and so. Again, being a black player in Philadelphia at that time was a very challenging thing. And yeah. even many years later, you know, one one of the other pieces of history that, that Dick Allen is tied to is the fact that he was included in that very notable trade uh, from the Phillies to the Cardinals that included Kurt Flood in 1969, who mm-hmm. said, I'm not reporting to Philadelphia. Like I'm I'm not gonna be this well paid excuse me, well paid slave and just gonna be thrown about like that. And that you know, he, he goes to Supreme Court and everything. Marvin Miller's fighting with him. And that gets the ball rolling. It opens the door for 
free agency and 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 rights for you know for professional athletes everywhere because it it simply hadn't existed in any sport and so right. you know Kurt Flood what he did and and that's why one day I think ultimately he he will get into the baseball hall of fame uh, but Dick Allen kind of a, a footnote in that story uh, but still. I'm sure experienced, uh, unfortunately, a lot of racism in Philadelphia, uh, even from the home fans in Philly um, totally. as, as a black ball player there. So, you know, a very, very storied career and a guy that, again, you know, there might not be tons of books written about, but um, there should be at least a handful. And That's whether or not, you know, whether or not it's it's interesting enough to buy the book, because let's face it, if no one's going to buy the book, why would you write it? So that kind of <laughs> That's kind of what you know. That goes, people, yeah, like I want to make this movie about this. Great, nobody was going to care about it, so it's not going to get funded and it's not going to get done, uh, regardless whether or not your life is made into a story or or made into a, a biography. Doesn't mean you're not interesting, and it doesn't mean you're not a Hall of Famer because that's what the Baseball Hall of Fame is about. Great ball players, and Dick Allen was one of those. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right. I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. I don't think we're going to do any better than that. Pour out a little sip of your Breck Brew or your Strava Craft coffee tonight. Pull up a few Dick Allen highlights and enjoy uh, remembering the career of, of one of the best to ever truly play the game. And if you don't know him, if you don't know his career, if you don't know it well enough, like I didn't, spend some time on his baseball reference page or his fan graphs page and like I said, look over the highlights. Do yourself a favor and learn a little bit more about Dick Allen, and let's all get him into the Hall of Fame. Thank you all for listening so much. We really do appreciate it. Make sure you're following us on social media, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. you got to subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content. I wrote a very spicy critique of the Colorado Rockies owner, last friday if you haven't had a chance to go read that one you gotta subscribe you gotta go and read it it's it's about as critical of the team as i've ever been probably and then i tried to give everybody a little bit of a reminder this monday morning about why you might still find yourself listening to podcasts like this checking the newswire every day and continuing to be a Colorado Rockies fan. We'll talk more about that on a future podcast. In the meantime, you got to go read it. It's the only way you can know what I said. You got to be a subscriber to the DNBR.com. So thank you so much for listening in and continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. I promise you that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons, Andrew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.